0: Hello and welcome to the Gouda Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show, episode 59 of your daily series. Uh, And it won't be the only show of the day either because we'll be doing our podcast this evening as well. I'll be joined by, fingers crossed, John. Lee Judges and also French will be with us as well. So do join us this evening, 5 o'clock UK time. We'll be doing that. Uh, And then at 8 o'clock UK time, we'll be on the Arsenal Lounge. So plenty of content for you guys to get your teeth sunk into and to keep you going through what is now a period of real boredom of the international break, which is is probably the worst international break because it's the, the last one you kind of have to get through until you then get all the way through to March before the next one. But this is this is going to be tough. Uh, and whilst I am at the same time gutted that there is no football right now, at the same time, I do know that after this one, I'm going to be ridiculously busy with both the channel and work because uh, it will be not only the festive period, but also the January transfer window opens very soon. It's going to get very busy. It's going to get very hectic. But you can make sure to get all the content that you need here. So do drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the Guna Talk if you have not done so. All ready. Good morning to everybody in the chat box. As always, Kaiser, Stevie, Vinny, uh, the angry person, or Persian, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> an angry person has joined the chat, but no, the angry Persian has joined the chat. Uh, Richie, Rich, Omar, Colin, Jonathan, uh, we've got Christopher, we've got True Fact, we've got Auden, we've got uh, Muhidin, we've got Vinny, we've got Black and Blanco, we've got Gustavo, GGTV for you, Constantine, Carl, Thracian King, Matt G so many of you as always joining caleb caps rich good morning guys uh sorry i can't say hello to everybody otherwise i would be here forever uh, so glad that you're joining me as always do drop a like if you haven't done so already but let's crack on with our first story of the day uh after telling you of course to go and subscribe to the Arsenal way which by the way There's going to be some really interesting content this week, fingers crossed, for you guys to get your teeth sunk into. So uh, do go over and subscribe and uh, and do click the link in the description. We'll be doing an interview today, uh, fingers crossed, with Rich Hall talking about Dusan Vlahovic and how he's for Fiorentina and what he's like. In Serie A and whether or not Arsenal have got a chance to sign him. So, if you want to get all the inside info on that story, then please do subscribe to the Arsenal where we'll also be doing our show in an hour and a half's time every single morning, Monday to Friday. I'll be joined by Bailey uh, to have a chat about all the ongoings at the moment, too. So, looking forward to that one. Anyway, our first story, though, is Arteta reacting to some of the instances in yesterday's game. We're not going to go through all of the press conference, but uh, some kind of in particular things that I wanted to speak about. He was asked about whether Nuno Tavares has become his first choice left back now. And Arteta said, well, Nuno is playing because he deserves to play. He's been exceptional in all the performances where he has been given the opportunity. But I cannot say anything different with Kieran. Kieran has been superb for us. Kieran has been injured. He came back two days ago to do his first full training session. This is what we need. Two top players that are raising the level in their position, and I'm happy with that against Liverpool. It is becoming increasingly possible that Zavaj will continue to start against Mohamed Salah. It's a big, big decision. Maybe even we decide to go to a back three in that game to operate with both of them on that side to kind of, you know, really restrict the capabilities of Salah. I wouldn't actually be against the idea of going to a back three at Anfield. I think it's something that could possibly work. Although saying that, West Ham had a real joy yesterday in just going at... Liverpool uh so maybe it can work either way around but that was at the London Stadium our game will be at Anfield it's a completely different kettle of fish it's certainly something that we need to consider uh when we have that choice and the last thing from the press conference I wanted to touch upon was uh his thoughts on Thomas Partey um and whilst we were told that it was just a tight groin uh prior to kickoff that was kind of the the line that the club fed out um It could be worse than that, which is going to be really irritating. What the nice thing is, hopefully this will mean that he won't be playing for Ghana during the international break and he can stay and rehabilitate himself at the Arsenal. Arteta Arteta said, let's see what happens with Thomas. He wasn't available to play today. He's got a muscle injury and we don't know how it's going to evolve. So let's take it day by day. Now, I was sure that I saw a story. My colleague Chris Wheatley, I'm sure that he wrote something about um, Tim Akinola and something. Oh, here we go. Yes. So the Arsenal youngster Thomas Partey got angry with in training, who is impressive, Mikel Arteta. This was a story that went out five days ago. Uh, apparently, uh, Tim Akinola went in with a bit of a challenge on Thomas Partey in training. Um, and <laughs> apparently, Thomas Partey was not. Uh, particularly happy. It says, During a session, the 20-year-old went in for a 50-50 with Thomas Partey and ended up clattering into the Ghanaian international. Uh, initially, Partey was said to have been furious with his young counterpart for making such a challenge in what was meant to be a nothing more than a training game. After the session was over, though, it is understood the 28-year-old took time to praise Akinola, calling him the strongest player he's ever played with. Um, I doubt that this is in any way directly linked, but it's just... It's one of those things. It's a few days after that incident comes out. Party all of a sudden isn't in the team. Did that have anything to do with it? Probably not. But it's a story that Wheatley obviously reported. Uh, and so it's worth bringing up in this instance here. Uh, moving on to our penultimate story of the day. And Arsenal have been told the price that they will have to pay if they want to sign Marco Asensio this January. El Nacional. The Spanish outlet have reported that Arsenal will have to pay a asking price of €40 million, which is effectively £34 million if they do indeed want to sign the Spanish international. Do Arsenal need to look at Asensio as a priority target? No. Arsenal need to be looking at central midfield and they need to be looking at a striker. Would I be against Arsenal signing Marco Asensio? Absolutely not. I would love to see Marco Asensio at Arsenal It's a very selfish one. It's maybe something that isn't even necessary, but just my own selfish needs. I would love to see Marco Asensio join Arsenal. It would be the most ironic thing. You've ever seen Gundit? You're gonna get yourself suspended if you keep spelling his name incorrectly. Stop putting a C in his name. There's no C in Ascencio's name. I swear, I swear, <laughs> I will lose it if we keep spelling his name wrong. Um, moving on to our last story of the day, though, and we have to pick up on uh, Dennis Zakaria, the Swiss international. The the player obviously is someone that uh, we all know has been linked with Arsenal for some time. I think pre. Three previous windows uh, are whats what we've seen Arsenal links with the Swiss midfielder. We know that he's obviously played a lot of uh, football with Granit Xhaka. And because of that, there's always going to be that, that knowledge of Swiss football, the way we looked at Gladbach to sign Xhaka. And now they've got those links with that club. So it makes sense that Zachariah has come up now. Something that's increased the opportunity for Arsenal to actually move for Zacharias slightly earlier in January is that Borussia Munch and Gladbach actually have an interest in Eddie and Ketia. So far this season, Gladbach's forwards have not been regular scorers. Lars Stindl has three and Bolo has three and uh, Alessandro Playa has two. And they are looking to try and bring in a more consistent goal scorer, And we know that German clubs tend to like to look at some of the youth that England is producing. And Eddie Nketiah would fall into that category. He's scored in both of his appearances in the League Cup so far this season, has Nketiah. So he is supposedly on the radar of the German side. Both players only have six months left on their contract when they reach the January window. And therefore, the opportunity for Arsenal to possibly strike a swap deal with the German side is there. Uh, and that would really benefit, I think, both clubs. Uh, I think they need a striker. We obviously need a midfielder. Both players seemingly want to move on and face new challenges. It would suit both teams, I think, pretty darn well. And so, therefore, if a swap deal could happen with Gladbach, then that is really, really a positive move because it would save us a lot of money. Although I know that we can get him for free in January, in, in the summer, but it would kind of put us ahead of the queue of clubs that are looking to bring Zacharias in on a free... This summer, we could look to bring him in in January and move on one of our surplus talents and feel like we've got a really good deal out of it. So that's a really positive move for Arsenal if it was to take place. That concludes all of today's news, which we move to. We do move. I'm really struggling to talk this morning. We do move on to the last part of the show, which is, of course, your questions, your thoughts, your theories. uh, And uh, yeah, throw them into the chat box if you've got anything that you would like to throw in. If it's about taking the mick out of Asensio's name, I swear to God, I will suspend you. (laughs) Stop mugging me off. Uh, Grinny says, has that Spanish guy pulled himself together after his injury issues? He played 35 league games last year, scoring 10 uh, and 10 scoring three this season. Um, Look, he's not completely recovered. In fact, he is not the player that he was Uh, prior to that injury right now. He looks like he's showing signs of getting back to it. He scored a a great hat-trick in the game against Mallorca this season that really highlighted what he's capable of. He would be a risk, absolutely. There is a risk associated with signing Marco Asensio uh, because of the, the injury recovery. He's not getting enough consistent minutes in my view. I think he needs to play more. In fact, if I have a quick look at how he's got on this season... It's it's tricky because uh, Carlo Ancelotti likes Rodrigo. He likes Vinicius Jr. Ironically, he did like Marco Asensio uh, as well. And so far this season, he's started one, two, three, four, five games out of the, what, 10 La Liga fixtures that he's played in the Champions League. He's come off the bench in both of those games as well. We got an assist when he came off against Schachter uh, in their last match, but he was on the bench against uh, Schachter in the reverse fixture. He's just someone that can play in so many versatile positions, central midfield, attacking midfield, right wing, left wing. He can play all over the place. He's a really good kind of versatile player. Um, Gundy, I disagree with this. I find it really odd when people rule out the idea of signing any players from a specific club. Like people have done it with Chelsea. Now we're seeing people do it with Real Madrid. I find it really strange when people just rule out a team because every player is different. Every case is different. So you can't just knock off one whole team because we've had, you know, mixed results. And to be honest, I like Martin Erdegaard. I think it's a really good bit of business. Danny Sabas wasn't so much a good bit of business, to be honest. Let's be real. He didn't really do what we wanted him to do. He wasn't as good as a player that I thought he was going to be. I thought he was really going to benefit from, from moving to a club like Arsenal. We got more minutes. He did have some good periods. I mean, him and Jacka formed a good partnership in the middle that led to our FA Cup win, of course. But I don't think you can just rule out an entire team just because, um, you know, just because it's a position that, sorry, it's just because it's a team where we've had mixed results. Dan, I disagree with you. I think we do need this position. If you think about it, and Arteta has wanted at times to play a 4-3-3, which is a formation that he may want to play again in the future. We only have two real options at a senior level in Erdogan and Smith-Rowe to take up those number eight roles. You've got players like Patino and Salah coming through, Sure. But Asensio's versatility to play right wing, left wing and in this number eight attacking role really would add a little bit of depth to that position. As soon as Smith-Rowe or Odegaard gets injured, we are in a little bit of a problem place. So I would have no issue. You've also got the situation where Pepe, Abamian going off the African Cup of Nations. If we would say bring Asensio in in that January window, I think it would add some necessary depth. We are going to move some players on. We know this Pepe could yet move on as well so i don't think it's necessarily a position that we don't need i think it's a position that is not high on our priority list but it's a position that certainly to rule out i think would be a little bit naive at this place in time rich says really like some of the questions that jeff was asking josh uh some difficult questions especially when he pointed out the decline over the years rather than the 48 hours but thought josh answered it well i still need to go and watch actually the whole 25 minute video Uh, I'm looking forward to to doing that. Uh, Look, I think everything you you hear from Josh, you take with a pinch of salt. Actions speak a lot louder than words. He's quite good at speaking. You can't absorb all of what he said in that interview and think, right, well, we're on the right path and everything's going to be hunky-dory now. No, we need to see action. And uh, whilst he's always been quite good at answering some questions, it's not It's not forgiven what happened in the Super League. It's not forgiven what's happened since 2007. It's not forgiven what's happened since 2017. Um, And so, therefore, we need to ensure that we are progressing and, and we hopefully will do. I want to be proven wrong. Look, there's nothing more I want. I think that you have to be... If you want Cronky out, which I do right now, absolutely. But you also have to be in the mindset that if they turn things around, that you have to be open to changing your mind about it. Like, There's nothing more I want from this club to be back achieving where it wants to be, which is to compete for Premier League titles, back in the Champions League regularly. That's what I want to see from this football club. But the problem is, is that so far we've not seen that. But if they're going to put us back there, I'm more than open to change my mind about them. Absolutely, I'm more than open. But at the moment, we've got nothing to go on. So there you go. Uh, worth watching, Tom, says Carl. The spoken word can be quite different to selected quotes. Very true. Well, I says, Tom, given Mainsley's performance yesterday, do you really think that Arsenal will genuinely go for a sentiment in the window? I don't genuinely think... Anything about what Arsenal do with this January window, it's impossible to know what we are going to do. I was really shocked by how we approached the summer window. I didn't think we'd spend 50 million on centre-back. I didn't think we'd sign a starting goalkeeper. All of these things I was very surprised about. And so therefore, it's impossible for me to turn around and say what I think will happen in January, what I genuinely think will happen. I predict that we will go for a central midfielder over any other position. I was surprised to see the links to Dusan Blurvic and how we're kind of linked with him at such a high price. I was was shocked, to be honest, to see that story come forwards. If it is true, really good news. Glad that the club are being proactive and moving and accelerating their plans of the summer forwards to kind of take advantage of of what could be a big opportunity for Arsenal this season. If they've identified that this season is a real chance to push for a top four place when we actually thought we were going for the top six places, then that's great. And and they're acting upon that. But the problem is, is that it's impossible to tell. I think centre midfield is going to be really important to bring in, but the striker position could also be really crucial for what we bring in. Um, Bo says, why do you want our owners out? The reason why, Bo, I want our owners out right now is because we've seen a consistent level of decline under their tenure. We've seen a consistent uh, regression of this of this football club since their involvement back in 2007. Despite the fact that we've spent over a billion in transfers, we haven't made good decisions. The ownership have not made good decisions. We employed the wrong people at the wrong time. Employing Unai Emery was a big, big mistake. Making the signings that we did at certain times were a big, big mistake. They brought in Raul Sanyehi. Ivan Gazidis was allowed to run riot at times under the Cronkies. And they're inexperienced in the football market. They're not an experienced uh, ownership in this specific sport. It's different to American football. It's different to their other franchises. And whilst they may be able to run it pretty well as a business, which even then was questionable considering how many losses we've made over recent years, it's still at that point a very, very questionable run that they have had at the club. And that's why I'm very happily cronking out. I also think the way in which they treated the fan base is completely wrong. I don't think they've done enough work alongside the fan base as of yet, and they still need to do more. They are doing more, and I can only commend more efforts that are done to work with the fan base. The fan advisory boards, we talked about that a couple of days ago. I've got my issues with that. Um, but I think the work that they're doing in the community this year is really good. Whether or not that actually comes from the top down or from the bottom up, we'll have to wait and see. I'm not sure 100%, but that work is really good. Trying to do more fans forums is great. But then when we're told that we're going to do free fans forums a year and Josh is only going to turn up for at least one of those and not commit to all three, that again puts me on the back foot. There's not been enough done. Um, and at the end of the day, we have regressed under them, and that's why I am cronky out. So I hope, though, that makes sense. Uh, Vinny says, does signing Zacharia improve us? We have Partey, Lukonga, Xhaka, and Maitland-Niles. Isn't it better to invest in less higher-quality players and improve the first team? Um, arguably, you need to find a balance, Vinny. If it means that we've brought in six players for £150 million, averaging £30 million a player, which is not a big investment in this market, for a top four ambitious side. Now, we're a side that want to be in the top four. £30 million a player is not an amount of money that you would say goes towards signing a transformative figure. However, they have, or in my view, had their own impact on transforming the team. It's about finding that balance if we can combine that savvy piece of business that we're doing, the 7 millions for Tavares, the 15 millions for Lokongas, with the more marquee figures like Ben White, and then maybe adding in a striker, another top-class centre midfielder. That's how you build a squad. Balance of young, exciting talent and established, world-class quality meshed together. That's what I want to see. And so, therefore you need to find players like Lukonga and Tavares and then combine them with some of the signings that you make for big teams. I mean, you look at Chelsea this season. Yes, I know that uh, Romelu Lukaku has not necessarily scored a lot of goals so far this year, but they're pushing towards being title challengers because they've gone out in one summer, they bought in one main player, which was Lukaku for 100 million quid, which would transform their attacking line after they weren't happy with Timo Werner's performances. It's about how you blend those two together. Manchester City, have added lots of youth. They're bringing youth through now with Foden. And they've got other youngsters like Palmer and DeLap, et etc. But they're adding also some crucial quality with the likes of Jack Grealish, established quality. That's what the biggest teams do. And so we need to aspire to be up there and we need to aspire to be trying to compete with those teams again. And it's about trying to build a squad in the same kind of light. Um, is Zacharia a player that improves our team? I think that you have to think about the fact that Lukonga and Tavares are brought in as depth Zachariah is someone that I think will improve the options that we have. If you think about it, I think Zachariah is a better player than Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He's a better player than Mohamed Elneny. He's a better player than Sambi Lukonga right now. Sambi Lukonga is doing really well for us, but Zakaria is further along the line of his development than Sambi Lukonga. And so if you've got a situation where Partey's at the African Cup of Nations or is injured and you need to drop down to someone like your Mainsley's or your Mohamed Elneny's like we did yesterday and you've got a player of Zachariah's level available to you I think that's always going to be positive and that will improve the first team squads when we have these injuries and we have these suspensions or these international commitments I am Byron says we need a striker and a central midfielder in my opinion maybe sell Marie and bring back Saliba I think that Saliba's time will come in uh, the summer window Uh, I think he will be part of the squad next season I'm growing ever confident that he will be part of the squad under Mikel Arteta which is a great place to be Marseille fans are desperate to keep him. That shows you how good he has been. He had an absolute nightmare against Lazio, but he had a really good game again yesterday uh, against, I want to say, Mets. So he was really positive in that game, I hear. So it's it's a mixed bag for Saliba. He's got a lot more development to do, to do and to go, but he's proving a lot of people, that, and including Arteta, hopefully, that he should be part of... Of our plans, Chris P says, "Can we really be angry with Arsenal for not dictating to supporter groups on who their elected reps should be? Especially if they want to build trust. Issues sits with the groups themselves. Chris, yes, in my opinion, we can because I don't agree with the process by which we picked and we constructed a fan advisory board. My issues isn't with the idea of voting within the fan groups to elect a representative. It's about how the club have built this board. They should have done more of an effort to make it a more diverse." group of people and that didn't take place um Vickia says for ages we haven't had depth in defense and midfield to see second choice players playing for the manager is quite an amazing thing and it's this push vikia isn't it it's this push to see these players go forwards from a, an area where they're not getting too many minutes and put in really good displays ainsley made the niles yesterday fantastic tavares has been brilliant in the last three games as well lacazette even out in the cold a little bit, has come in and really put in a performance. It's players that are not integrated. Did you see the celebration when Callum Chambers scored in the League Cup game against Leeds? That celebration showed you that this is a team where they genuinely are fighting for something this season and they desperately want to go somewhere. There's a real hope that we could pick up a bit of silverware. The League Cup really genuinely looks like something that maybe we could try and pull off, but it's going to be tough. But winning silverware is, is, is great. And it could, if we were to say go ahead and win the League Cup for the first time in a ridiculously long time, it would push us forwards to a real strong end of the season finish. And that's what we want to see. Um, still want to sell Mainsley? Jeff, look, I think the thing is with Mainsley, and I talked about this yesterday on the on the show, he won't sign a new contract at Arsenal. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that he will want to move on in the coming windows to get regular football. He's not going to get regular football at Arsenal. And therefore, if a club was to come in with a very decent bid, you may as well accept it and bring in someone that's going to do, if not a better job than him. So yes, I still would be open to selling him because I don't think he would sign a new deal. And therefore, it's only going to lower his value. And eventually, he would leave for nothing. And We need to stop letting players leave for nothing, Jeff. It's as simple as that for me. Um... Johan says, what do you think about Declan Rice as a replacement? I don't think we're going to get him, mate. I think he's going to Chelsea or City. Uh, He won't be coming to Arsenal, I'm afraid. If we were maybe up there competing with them and we could put in a bid for 80 million quid, maybe you might get him. But he's going to be up there. And anyway, he's up there now with West Ham who are doing some fantastic work. And you've only got to respect what West Ham are doing. The amount of people that still turn around and say it's only West Ham. It's amazing what happens when a club really do put effort into trying to improve their recruitment system, and they've got a manager that's, you know, experienced and he's doing a really, really great job. It's not, it's West Ham anymore because West Ham are a very, very decent side. you uh, says, Tom, do you think we can get top four this year? I believe we can do it. Hey, look, we're there right now. We're three points off second. So there is all the hope in the world that we can get top four. If we beat Liverpool, we are fourth. So... It sounds crazy going to Anfield and thinking about winning, but that's the type of victory that we need to get if we have hopes of getting top four. If we lose that game, I'm not saying it's all over. It's not. Liverpool are still, for my money, the title favourites. I I look at them as having the best starting eleven in the league. But I think that if we can go to Anfield and get some kind of result, it's going to be a big, big measure of where we have developed to and where we've come so far as a team. Adam says, Tom, don't you think that Balogun could play the second striker role alongside Lacazette? I feel he didn't really get a chance to show his skills in the beginning of the season. Adam, maybe, but honestly, I wouldn't do it right now. Uh, I thought he scored an amazing goal. If you haven't seen it already for the youth side in their comeback against Leicester, I want to say. So the the little flick and the spin and the volley, amazing goal from Balogun yesterday. Uh, If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's brilliant. And, Look, he's still very young and we're pushing for the top four. We've already got loads of kids in the team. Frying and in isn't going to really help our chances, I don't think. I'd stick with what we have right now. Maximus says, Tom, how do you rate our chances against Liverpool seeing as they will come back at us with extra motivation after losing? To be honest, I thought they would go against West Ham with extra motivation after drawing against Brighton. Any There could be any opinion that falls from that Result against West Ham. If they had a beaten West Ham, you could have said that's a really galvanizing victory. It's only going to build momentum for them. If they were to draw it or lose it like they did, you have the opposite opinion of, oh, they're going to want to you really know, you know, avenge themselves. They're only going to get back on the horse. But at the end of the day, I'm happy they lost. It really knocks their confidence. It hits them for six, it grounds them. I'm fine with them losing. I don't think it's a bad result for Arsenal, them losing at all. If they'd have won that game, it would have been a big result for them and really boosted their confidence. Losing a game isn't going to boost your confidence. So if anything, I'm happy with the fact that they lost. I'm not of the other mindset. Uh, Tom, why do the Tottenham get battered everywhere they go? Because they're awful, mate because they're awful and they're spurs and that's what they do Vinny. Really. Constantine says would you sell Pepe this winter to newcastle if you got me if you gave me 25 million quid for pepe i'd sell him rich says tom thoughts about not passing the ball back to watford's i talked about this yesterday you know i'd be annoyed if it was me so that's about it really rich i'd be annoyed but it is what it is arsenal are too nice as we've been told time after time and maybe we need a little bit of thing like that going our way and in a couple of weeks time no one will be talking about it, so we'll take it. I'll take it all day long. Trevor says, nobody is going to sign Basuma until his court case is over. I don't know what's going on with that, um, so I can't comment on it, I'm afraid. Uh, Dirk says, what type of midfielder do you think we need? I think we need a, a disciplined number six is the midfielder that we need. We need someone who's genuinely, when we play four three three, 3 3 can sit in that number six role. That's the type of midfielder that I'd be looking for in the January, which I believe that Zachariah can do, but he's also someone that does like to play in the number eight position as well. So, but I think that Zachariah adds depth. He's not my marquee midfield signing though. I would look to a Basuma based on his raw quality. I would look to someone like a Bruno Guimaraes possibly. I would look to someone like a Fabian Ruiz. These types of midfielders. So he says, shout out to our set piece coach. Arsenal is tied for first for goals in set pieces. It's unsurprising because we've done some great work um, Jova, Nicholas Jovo, is doing a brilliant, brilliant bit of work at Arsenal so far. Uh, Mike says, uh, football manager is out tonight. Arsenal will be in the Champions League by Friday. Now I'm in charge. (laughs) Good luck. Uh, Good luck, Mike, with your FM 22. Obviously, you can go check out a lot of the Swiss players. We did a show of Oliver Zesiger over on the Arsenal Way, who is the head Swiss researcher for Football Manager. Go check out some of the Swiss leagues. There's some brilliant talent over there if you haven't done so already. Uh, Sakoub says, uh, do you think that finally some Arsenal fans now eat their humble pie and acknowledge the excellent new recruitment drive, uh, i.e. our young, hungry players with great characters? I hope so, because I've said for a period of time that I've rated Edu. I like a lot of what Edu has done. I can't really fault Edu. I defended him when he came out after the window and was having those kind of conversations of, we're not looking at top four, top six, top eight, the top 10. Like, I, I really defended the guy. I think he's done a really good bit of work and I think his signings are proving that absolutely this season. I still think we should have signed a central midfielder. I still think we should have moved players out for a bigger fee, but I can't, I can't criticise the, what the players that we signed because they are all doing really well Really good work. Uh, Thracian says, do you think Zakaria is the quite quality, right quality for us, especially considering he is the understudy to Xhaka for Switzerland? Look, Xhaka for Switzerland is a very different player than Xhaka for Arsenal. Um, I do think it's something that you take into account, but that's why we're not signing him as our marquee midfield signing. If you think about it, you move out Maitland-Niles, you replace him with Zacharia. You move out O'Nenni, you replace him with a marquee, top-quality central midfielder. You've already improved your midfield brilliantly so i have no issue with that whatsoever uh social yes i do like douglas louise at aston villa i think he's a very good player and i would be interested in signing him um let's go to sean says pepe to newcastle makes perfect sense he would probably be willing to go because they could give him a wage increase and way more playing time maybe that's something that will happen we don't know what they're going to do in january and we don't even know who they are i mean we do know who they've got as their manager eddie howe's going to be coming in but I don't know how they're going to spend money in January. They've got to stay up this season. That's their priority. So spending big money on players may come into their plans of trying to stay up, but it could have an even more detrimental impact on their season if they don't do something about their form right now. Uh, Phillips says, do you think we could use Gabby Martinelli on the wing against Liverpool to pin Trent back? It'd be hard to change. his starting 11 at the moment. The only change I would make is going to a three at the back, bringing in Tierney at left centre-back. Bringing out one of the uh, one of the strikers, Lacazette or Abamyang, move one of them out. You go to three five. uh, You go to three, yeah, three four three. I suppose is probably the best route to go. Um, Or you can go to three four two one. That might be a better route. Uh, You play Tavares and Tini together, so you get two players doubling up on Mohamed Salah. You get uh, Tommy Asu and Ben White on the right hand sides, doubling up on um, on Trent. Not Trent Robertson and Mane. I think that's probably the way to go. I think that would really kind of nullify. You think about it, 89, going to a back three, trying to nullify John Barnes uh, and what he was doing on their flanks. So why not try that whole thing again and going for the 2-0 at Anfield in 2021? I think it works. I think it's a system that George Graham has found works very, very well. And maybe we can do the same thing again. Uh, in a couple of weeks time at Anfield (laughs) thanks so much guys for tuning in we're going to wrap things up there Uh, really appreciate it as always do drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show I'll be back with you guys at 5 p.m for your podcast I'll be joined by Lee Judges French, and John from Chicago now, not from Miami. So make sure you do indeed tune in for our podcast at 5pm. We'll be talking all more about the Watford game and looking ahead to the international break and the Liverpool match as well. So look forward to chatting to you guys a little bit later. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Get through the day, and then you're already part of the way through the week and this international break too. Join us at 9.30 as well on the Arsenal Way if you want to get some more morning content for yourselves. Um, But other than that, we'll see you again very, very soon. And as always... Up the Arsenal. It's the ninety plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in?